Hi, I'm Liz Cully, and welcome back to Cool, Cool, Cool. Each week, I give you a glimpse into what I think is cool and chat with a ton of people that are definitely cool. No topic is off bounds unless, I guess, it's not cool. Welcome to Cool, Cool, Cool. I met Jessica Clark what feels like a lifetime ago when I interviewed her for my space when she was on the show True Blood. Uh, Jessica was Lilith, who was the hot, naked demon lady with blood all over her body. I knew her manager at the time, Martha, who I was trying to get to sign me. Spoiler alert, that never happened. But shout out to Martha, who uh, always sends me a happy birthday on Facebook every year. A former fashion model, Jessica is an actress, a writer, a producer, a host, and a piercer. And she's somebody that I just like love running into from time to time in Los Angeles. She's currently hosting a lesbian reality dating show. Yes, there can be more than one called Coming Out for Love. And, you know, given the appetite that we all now have for queer dating shows, I wanted to catch up with her about the show, how it came together and just like more on her life. You were like, please, God, let her order a Bloody Mary. <laughs> it's true, and then because it was that was the best happened. headline of all time. It was. It, it was pretty good. Yeah. And I wasn't even trying to be clever. I just wanted a Bloody Mary. <laughs> you also rolled up on a bicycle. I did. I didn't have a car at that particular time because I grew up in London and I lived in Paris and I lived in New York. And like, you don't really need a car. So I didn't even get my permit until I was in Los Angeles. So, um, so yeah, so I, so I was, I was, uh, using my girlfriend's girlfriend wife now, but I was using her truck, but she was working. So yeah, I cycled up, up the hill from Silver Lake and met you there. I love it. What a lifetime ago. I know. I, know. I was thinking I about that this morning. I'm like, God, I've known Jessica a long time. Yeah. Many moons. Many, many moons. And I'm still a little bit in shock. Like we're all kind of adult now. Like we're very adult. You were very adult, and I'm not sure I approve. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, neither do I. I yeah. It was my birthday over the weekend, and I invited, um, you know, like friends and what. And I was like, yeah. People were like, well, can we bring our kids? I'm like, yeah, I mean, of course. And I realized very quickly, I'm like, God, we are in such a different life stage because it was sort of like the queers who just haven't gone to the space of having kids who were very much mm -hmm. like – they were stopping at my house in the suburbs on the way to like yet another party or whatever. And then it was like the parents you know what I mean, with the screaming children. And then like the rest of us that are like, fuck, we're really old. We like, we either got to do this or we don't. Anyway, it was a very, it was a humbling yeah. experience. So yes, yeah. we are very adult and we're very old. Um, And actually good segue. <laughs> I feel, so I went recently to Ruby Fruit which is the mm -hmm. queer, um, uh, you know, kind of I would say, I think they are calling themselves a lesbian wine bar. It's a restaurant, really, but I love that there is a space for, you know, non-binary and queer female-identified folks. Um, mm -hmm. But I've never felt so fucking old in my life. I walked in, I was like, oh, my God. Everyone's so cool and so young. And I similarly, similarly felt that way watching your new reality show 
But just so you know, coming not, out not for everyone's love. that young. Coming out for love. Yes, you can stream it directly from comingoutforlove.com. But yeah, they range from, I think, the youngest is 24 and the oldest is 40, 41. So they're actually not all as young as you would think. We had like a decent range, I think, for the first for the first season. I definitely want there's no age limit, you know, in in seasons to come. We definitely we want to expand it as much as possible and and have it be, you know, a legitimate representation of our community, because that was actually when Nicole approached me, Nicole Khan, who's the creator and director of Coming Out for Love, when she approached me to host, that was my thing. I was I said, I can't put my face such as it is but you know I can't be attached to to a show and have it be kind of a whole lot of you know cis het white uh women with long hair and feminine you know so I was like I can't that's not that's not the community that I know and love you know um so I really wanted like a genuine diversity which I think I think given the difficulty of casting a show in the first season because obviously trust and all of that I, I'm really proud of our cast and they really brought it like it turned out they were prepared to go so much deeper, I think, than we were anticipating, which I don't know why I was surprised because queer women and, and lesbian identifying women like that's all we do, right, is talk and get into it. Well, yeah, <laughs> and I think you even mentioned in a recent clip you I think just posted this week about sort of like sex and the differences between sex and intimacy. And while they definitely live together, they can live together, mm-hmm. they can live separate, which I think is also really important. I think you're mm-hmm. right. I think, you know, lesbian identifying folks. It's pretty intimate. You go really deep. I think even for me, when people are like, oh, you know, you say that you're bi or you're like in, which now is evolving. I think as I get older. Thank God. Like, remember back in the day, it's like you couldn't say that. You'd be shot down. I know. I think for me, I think where I'm in a place, which is tough for me, is that I don't want to disregard some of the really, and I shouldn't say some, the like one or two amazing relationships I had with cis men that I really loved and I like enjoyed sexually and emotionally and I don't want to like disregard those moments so I think I've kept on saying that I'm bisexual also I find many men incredibly attractive but I think I'm maybe that's more I'm just like I pan Paul I don't know I'm kind of like down for whatever I'm into Mm -hmm. so many different people non-binary trans like I'm like everybody's hot so I think Mm -hmm. for me I was always like no I'm bisexual and now I'm like I could I don't think I could ever I mean obviously I'm happily married but I was like oh my god I could never be I don't think I shouldn't say never I don't see myself being with a cis head man yeah I well, I am also happily married, um, and I've also in the past had had relationships with men, and and had a perfectly good experience, and you know have enjoyed all elements of that and things. However, you know I think that as I think I said in the clip you're re- referencing, I think the intimacy level that you're able to reach, at least for me, um, I found a much deeper, like more soulful connection. Um, and that led me to define myself as queer or lesbian identifying, um, far more so than other stuff. Yeah. But I, I also think though, that the difficulty, if I imagine it and I, you know, I see my straight friends and things like that, I just think on a like social, like sociopolitical level, like I just, I just don't think we, I could never, you know, I don't, I do. I find it. 
you know, like it's hard <laughs> enough to align within our own community. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and I'm very, true. you know, how I feel and what I do and what I live by. I'm, I'm fairly stubborn with a lot of things and I just can't imagine how. Yeah. Yeah. I really no. couldn't. Thank God. I really Thank God. don't. Like, yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> my wife is literally, my wife literally says, she's like, sometimes I literally speak to Jesus, Allah, Buddha, the higher power, whatever. And I go, please, if I'm ever reincarnated, please let me come back as a lesbian. Like, please, like, oh don't do it to me. Don't let me have like this, like, past experience life with, with what can exist within, you know, this kind of a relationship and then put me back into the cishet world. And I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a solid request. Listen, I'm with you. Fourth of July, I went over to our friend's house. They're the loveliest, Ashley and Abba. They have a beautiful little boy named Remy who's his, just edible. He's so cute. And I'm we're in the pool and I'm like looking around and it's just like nothing but queer women, white, black, Asian, like Everything around me, beautiful women, some single, some not, some tw- in their 20s, in their 40s, some have kids, some not. All the little babies are being like happy and passed around in the pool. And I'm like, this is it. This is like this is the utopia. It. Like we have the babies. All the babies are happy and taken care of. Sure, they're not like being perfect. Some are crying, whatever. But everyone seems like safe, happy. We're like, if a child it, is being perfect, they don't feel safe. Yeah, that's real. Um, but I just was like, so. oh my. And I looked around. I'm like, you guys, this is it. This is like the this Isle of Lesbos. This is it. This is the happy place. Like, this is wonderful. You know? So that was actually how our cast kept saying they felt when we were filming Coming Out for Love. Because for some, you know, we have some of them cast from New York and L.A., but we also have people from small towns and down south and things like that, where the community isn't as large or isn't as visible. Um, and so they were all in this like giant mansion in Palm Springs, big pool, gorgeous weather. And it was like that for them, like every, you know, as ethnically diverse as possible, um, different identifying from bi to poly to this to that, you know, and everyone kind of open and just like there was so much joy in just being able to be present in each other's company for the duration of the filming that initially I was like, oh God, we're not going to get any drama even. Like everyone's just in love with everybody and just, you know, because they were just so happy. I mean, don't worry. It all came naturally. We didn't have to worry about that in the end. Um, But yeah, I totally get what you mean. It is the utopia. Like I just... I love my community. I love that I'm part of it. And I also agree when I do some of these interviews, they ask, well, you know, well, how do you identify? And I say, like, I identify as a queer lesbian. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but, you know, you and I, like, we're, we're, we're in that kind of middle ground where we kind of, you know, we were baby gays in the era of, you know, LGBT. And it was like very specific. So, yeah, so identified as lesbian, right? When I finally figured it out, because I was like, bye. And I was like, eh, am I? I was like, no, like, I'm good where I'm at. But then everything has evolved. And I've been learning and evolving like everybody else. And and for me, queer fits how I've always felt about myself so much more. And it also fits with how I what I believe our community is, which is, you know, inclusive of our trans brothers and sisters, inclusive of all our non-binary folks, like in whatever way you show up in whatever shape or form, like I love you and you, you, you belong to us and we belong to you. And so I really like to put that 
there because I think now, unfortunately, the TERFs, you know, the trans exclusionary radical feminists, as they like to call themselves, I'm like feminists, who, what, where. Um, but to me, they've sullied so much that the word lesbian. And it makes me really sad because I know all the women and the men, but I know all the women that came before us and how hard they fought, you know, to to be able to proudly call themselves that and identify it. And now I feel like it's really kind of been dragged into the mud and is associated with with women who don't acknowledge uh, trans women or trans men that don't believe in in the in the binary fluidity of the binary. And I just find that so sad and so exclusionary. Um, so I like to make a, a point that, yes, I'm a lesbian, but, you know, if you're a woman, then you're a woman to me, you know? Yeah. So... I yeah. love that actually. And That's I love, and I, same. I think when people are like, what are, you know, I'm like, I'm queer. I'm so yeah. not, you know what I mean? I'm very, mm -hmm. very queer. And I think that I, you make a really good point that I actually was, I, I recently went to Chicago. Um, I joined LPAC, mm -hmm. which is a political pack trying to get non-binary and queer folks that identify as women into office. And it was amazing because I went, and by the way, Charlotte Clymer, who's incredible, who is a political strategist, a trans woman, an ex-vet, one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life is part of the board um, and an, a wonderful person. And I was around all of these like really our elders. Like I was the youngest by a, a, mm -hmm. a great stretch. Mm -hmm. And these lesbians worked their and I'm talking like 70s, 80s. I'm not talking like, I don't know, some mm -hmm. people are ageist and they're like, oh mm -hmm. yeah, in your 40s or 50s. I'm like, no, no, no. These are like, no, no, no. these are like women elders. who, elders. And they did so much. And when I think about, you know, just even just pure representation on television, having first, of course, it's it always starts out this way. It's like white cis men are like the first palette, mm -hmm. right? They're like, okay, we can have like a white, funny, gay guy on TV, you know, and how that evolves. And now you've done like a full on show <laughs> where it's just, you know, as you said, total representation of, you know, queer, mm -hmm. female and non-binary identifying folks, which I think is mm -hmm. so wonderful. I think the internet has really helped with that. Um, which is Definitely. why I, I Definitely. love how your show is streaming. I mean, you're kind of also like an OG internet person. You are. I was thinking about this. Yeah. I am right. I know I'm right. Because, yes, you were Lilith on True Blood, which was major. Uh, for those listening, Jessica was the body yaddy 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 that was Lilith Fair. Or Lilith Fair. Actually, I should say that. That was Lilith Fair, which AKA is Lilith. Um so yes, yes, obviously you were on, you know, traditional television, but mm. you also were like YouTube. -y. I remember when I first met you and I'm like, do you have like a YouTube channel? You were, you know, when you were I in had New a York. blog and I had a vlog. I mean, that just really <laughs> dates me. I had a vlog um, and it was on uh, After Ellen, like the real After oh, yeah, Ellen website. Right. Yeah. So like, and it was like the first um website the first sort of entertainment website that was focused around queer women or uh, feminine identifying women and now it now it's been taken over by the way and it's owned by these two extremely um uh bigoted men 
Uh, and so now it's just kind of AI postings about crap. Um, but back in the day, it was a whole thing. And yeah, they hosted uh, a vlog that I did with my ex. And I, I had forgotten all about it. And I was like, that really is kind of the early stages. Like I even found some of my old cameras that were like the height of tech at the time. You know what yep. I mean? Like the earliest like digital like pocket cameras and stuff like that. Now my phone is like a movie camera. Look at this thing. Whoa. Insane. Yeah, that is like a movie camp. My phone is starting to crap out, which means and I've had it for a year. I'm like, OK, I'm great. Like, wonderful. My phone, which is why I lost your number. My phone crapped out in the most dramatic way, like a month after I finished paying it off. No, and I was furious. I was and it also crapped out in a way where it cracked. First of all, I bought the most expensive Otterbox ever and eventually destroyed the Otterbox case. But then it cracked and it cracked right across the bit where you have to do your, your little yep. swipey thing so no one could get into the phone. So it's like whatever had been stored into my clouds and drives and all of that, it was good, but the rest of it was gone. And then I had to go and, and like, admittedly, the camera is unbelievable on this thing. But I'm like, I am paying to carry around a laptop with a, a, a just it Correct. just blows my mind how much money they want for these things and then they rule our lives like they don't make <laughs> anything easier they just mean that you can never escape from your work ever god I'm, i sound really really old and grumpy don't i no because you know what listen jessica it's i'm true. the grumpiest and just in my rage phase always so don't i'm very into <laughs> flicking people off right now my wife oh. is like you are really really playing with fire oh yeah no like full-on like double fingers up it's Solid. crazy i'm i don't know what's going on with me it's it's wild so you've done so many things also was listening to usher burn which you were in the burn video you posted that i know i saw that i was love like oh so nice to see i yeah, love I, I love usher and i even oh and actually i don't even know if you and i have seen each other since this i ended up like we aren't in contact anymore just because of, it was somebody else that had introduced us. But I ended up like kind of like knowing Usher. Nice. Which is Funny. so random. His sons were lovely. We used to go to the gym together and it was when I was getting married. So I, of course, was crash dieting, working out for like five times plus a week and whatever. We, we love to join in the toxic patriarchy whenever we can, you know. Correct. Um, <laughs> Myself yeah. included. I'm not judging. <laughs> and it was so funny because we were working out one day and one of his songs came on. It was You Don't Have to Call. And he sort of laughed. And I looked at him. And I was like, oh, my God, I never said this to you. But my friend was in your video. Burn. And he's like, Oh, I'm like, yes. Anyway, we had a whole moment and I forgot. I never told you about that. I love Usher. I really you never want, did. I really want to go he, to the Vegas show. Oh, I think it's amazing from what I've seen. Funnily enough, he ended up when Ruby worked in before we had higher tattoo and she worked in artistic element, this like very fancy shop on Melrose. He ended up coming in there and like they hung out for like that afternoon. And she was like, oh, my wife is in your video. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what video? Um, and she told him, and he was like, oh, that's your wife? And I was like, okay, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, no, and he, I'm he like, said I was, I think he said I was very intelligent or something like that. And I was like, I'll take that as a memory. You know like, what? I'll I'm say not it right Usher here. thinking I was smart. No, I'll <laughs> say it right here. Usher, his children were lovely. Usher's like, mm -hmm. great. I'm, I'm. Oh, yeah, he's uh, a sweetie pie. Sweetie Pie yeah. loves, yeah, he loves yeah. love. Um, yeah. So another person we have in common is Amber's Closet, who, yes. speaking of YouTube, oh my God, I actually 
it's funny. I want to, every time I see her, I'm like, you got me in so much trouble at work. I used to sell brand deals for her when she was first mm -hmm. kind of coming out. Anyway, long story long, I got her an anti-smoking deal because she doesn't smoke cigarettes, mm -hmm. but she had posted mm -hmm. a photo of herself with a cigar and I ended up getting in a ton of trouble. And I was like, Amber, oh, on the yeah. phone with her. She was so young. I mean, this is like 10 years ago. I'm like, Amber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, but I'm not really smoking it. I'm like, I know, but. You're doing an anti-smoking campaign. Optics. Yeah. So yeah. Amber was looking for love in all the, I guess, right places. How was it? I mean, I know you guys have known each other socially for quite some time. Mm -hmm. I feel like you've hosted stuff mm -hmm. together. You've done, you know, whatever. And you know each other. What was it like trying yeah, to help her? Yeah, we hosted events together. She, she came to our house for Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are homies. What was it like? being the host on a reality show how helping her find love were you like nervous about that at all i was terrified <laughs> i wasn't nervous about amber because honestly amber's a professional and amber can handle herself in pretty much every any environment so no i wasn't concerned about amber at all i was pumped that she agreed to do the show and i thought she would be and she was like a fantastic lead that yeah. the women were genuinely super attracted to you know so it was a very fun thing to kind of witness all of that but me on a personal level yeah I was I was so nervous to do the show because I'd only done a little bit of tv hosting kind of you know when I wanted to get out of modeling and I was trying to figure out the direction that I would go in um I did some hosting jobs for what were they called oh, I should have looked it up anyway it was one of the early uh internet channels for you know for LGBT content and I really didn't like doing it like I loved the people but I didn't like doing it because I felt like I had to be like huffity and like now we're going to this and you know me like that's not really my personality like I can <laughs> you know it's just not like I you know I don't think I'm well I don't know what I am but I think I you know I enjoy life and I love funny people and all that kind of thing but I'm not necessarily like the sparkliest person ever if I'm you know and I so I kind sparkly. of that listen I'll here I'll cut you off real quick uh, this is what I will say about hosting and I don't like it either even though I've done quite a bit of it mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. it's difficult have. I have <laughs> I think it's really tough in not, I don't want to say game show, but like in show capacities, because I think you're right. You almost have to be a character of yourself for it to translate like you have energy. And that is wildly unnatural. So I would say you do have a sparkling personality. Mm -hmm. It's just a difficult to be like, well, and back to you. It's like awkward. That's what I'll say. Well, I think thank you have a very you. sparkling I will take personality. that because I respect your opinion very much. Thank you, sweetheart. You're yeah, welcome. some people are just amazing, like Michaela Gordon. You know Michaela, right? No. Um, do you know that I do you know don't Michaela know Gordon? her? We just DM'd for the first time. This Michaela I don't Gordon. know. I just DM'd Stop with her. It. Just DM'd. She's with one of her. my favorite people in the world. I have no idea how your paths have crossed. Engaged, engaged to Lisa Pittman, the DJ. Like she's amazing. And anyway, so she does a whole ton of stuff. She has her own podcast as well. Um, but she does a lot of TV hosting, like a lot of like America's like funniest videos and animals and like all of this other stuff to support her passion. She's this phenomenal musical artist and everything like that. But she just has it like she and it's not like she doesn't have to manufacture it. She doesn't have to hype herself up. She's just ready to go and da -da -da, and it just like flows from her. 
Um, and I have so much respect for that. But I already knew that that wasn't my personality. And so I was very, very nervous going in. I was nervous about how the women would respond to me. Um, I was just nervous. And so I really just made the decision to be as kind of Jessica as possible in the sense that, you know, I am older than a lot of them. I've been married. I've been with my wife for 10 years. We've been married for like eight or nine years. I don't know, long time. Um, and so I I felt sort of protective over the women and wanting them to have a great experience. And really, uh, I felt like the way that I behaved would partially influence like how the energy on the show was. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's why I was nervous. But they just responded so amazingly to me. And then the fact that Amber and I had a pre-existing relationship, for me, that made it so much easier because I knew that she, like you even see it in the show a couple of times, like I sort of misuse a word or I, you know, get lost in my head because my head's moving faster than my mouth is moving. And Amber just like picks it up and keeps on going. You know what I mean? So in that sense, like it was so fantastic to have somebody like that with that level of just an understanding of how things work. Um, but in terms of looking for love, it uh there were a lot there were some curveballs. There were some unexpected things. And it was really interesting because on the show we have kind of like this tribal wisdom room. We have a lot of the guest judges throughout the show on different episodes. Um, and they're really just there to kind of do the fun competitions. And but afterwards, we myself, Amber and the guest each each episode talk about sort of the different contestants and like what we've seen and heard and, you know, how Amber's feeling and all of that. And it was really interesting seeing who she was attracted to and why. And like the moments like there were moments where one woman was pretty much on the list to be sent home. And then she, you know, revealed a little something, something about herself and, and Amber's whole energy towards her shifted. So like that, I loved, I loved seeing it. It was so, it, it felt as organic as it can be in that context, you know? So I think she'll be hard to beat for sure. This season two. Oh, and I wanted to mention while we were talking about, sorry, no, I'm talking to you. Go, much. you're not. This is your. You're my <laughs> guest. You're supposed to talk. I'm not supposed to talk over you the whole time. Get out of here. No, you can please, please, please stop and <laughs> please, <laughs> please stop the stream of consciousness. <laughs> but in the episode that just came out, um, our guest is Caroline Giuliani, and she is of Giuliani. That's her yeah. father. Um, but she's this amazing, like, sex positive writer and activist and. And so she was our guest and the the clip that you saw of me talking about sex and intimacy and things that was in this sort of whole big sort of round table that we did with her. And she was speaking about the fact that she had just been sexually intimate with a trans woman and that it was her first time. And, you know, she had some nerves because she wasn't sure, you know, what was appropriate and what wasn't. And, you know, all of these different things, which I think are very valid. And I was so appreciative that she was willing to say that because I feel like there's a lot of pressure to be like, oh, I'm fine. I'm totally good. Like, I know exactly what I'm doing. And you don't necessarily feel like that. But so her partner her uh the the person that she was going to be intimate with literally had like a little printout 
no. um, which which they gave her. And it and it really like clearly and calmly just stated like, this is how I like to be touched. This is what I do and don't like. This is this. This is that. This is how I feel afterwards. This is it. I prefer if we. Yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm like, if I was still single, I would have that laminated. You know what I mean? Because like that's so it's so open, but it's so mutually respectful as well. You know, wow. like, I just yeah. loved it. And and they had already, they knew that they were going to be intimate together. So it wasn't presumptuous at all. And I was just like, that's so modern, evolved. I don't know. Very evolved. I loved it. And I think respectful. I think, listen, I think regardless of whatever kind of relationship you're in, but especially when it's your first, whether it's your first time being with another person that identifies as the same sex as you or has the same, you know, whatever, like, or not. And mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's just a really great, respectful thing to do because it, it also, I think, can be scary. Like you said, people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I got it. I got it. And that's usually obviously a defense mechanism because they don't want to offend right. someone or they're scared or whatever. I love that. Okay. See, leave it to fucking women to just think I'm of saying. it all. I'm, I'm saying, well, I mean, listen, so don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so but season two, you would have a different love. It wouldn't be Amber yes. because we're all sitting no. here hoping that Amber's in love. Now, mm -hmm. you and I were speaking before we started recording about kind of the genesis of the show and that the director creator, she and her daughter loved The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, mm -hmm. um, but didn't see queer representation there. And, but then you later mentioned that you wanted it to be, you know, uh, really showing kind of the breadth of lesbian relationships and should mm -hmm. include some older folks. Did you know that there's a Bachelor Golden Years coming out? I did just hear about that. And I love that. I mean, yes. So now there's going to be an older Bachelor, which I love. But I would love to see that represented in one of your seasons because I feel like I have all of these lesbian friends that are like maybe divorced or whatever. And it's so difficult and intimidating for them to find a partner, well, you know, after 40, after 50, whatever. And I would love to watch some evolved lesbians. I mean, I don't know how sloppy they're going to get full. I mean, you know, which I is kind of fun to watch. Let's be real. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree. And I would absolutely love to. And I think that that's been one of the most common things, common pieces of feedback that I've got is that there are so many people that would love to participate in that that are in sort of the, the more grown seasons of life. And also, you know, I think that because of the the film I did with Nicole years ago, A Perfect Ending, which is about this older woman um, discovering her sexuality with a high end escort, which is me. And so I get a lot of, you know, uh, emails and messages and things like that from older women who have sort of come into their own with their identity as they get older and now identify as bi or lesbian or queer or whatever. And the um, original sort of nexus of the show, as Nicole conceived it, it's called Coming Out for Love, was that she originally, and this is 15 years ago, she originally wanted the lead to be genuinely coming out, you know, coming oh. out and then experiencing dating with all these women. And as we, I, I thought perhaps that might have changed somewhat since, since then, because I think that not for everyone, unfortunately, but I do think sort of coming out um, is a lot more, you know, socially accepted or at least aware of and things like that. But as it turns, and obviously Amber 
is out. But Amber came out later, you know, than she wanted to and definitely kind of, you know, um, it took her a minute to fully grow into her own. So she understood that. But we have multiple women who were actually we have one woman, Ghana, from Ukraine, and she comes out to her very conservative parents that are still in Ukraine. Yeah, we have um, Anna Paulette, a Latina, and only her best friend knew that she was coming on the show. Like none of her family or friends knew that she was gay or that she was going to be on the show. Yeah, we had like several kind of organically. And then uh, Chieko, um, her close people knew um, but they could not believe that she would be willing to go on a television show um, because she was so introverted and, and everything like that. So we, it, there really were some genuine kind of taking that leap. And I love it because it's like coming out of the closet. Right. But but for me, I saw it in a more broad thing of like coming out for love. Like, you know, there's resistance in joy. Right. And there's so just the representation and and just being like, no, we're here. You can't. You can't take us away. You can't uh, erase us. You know, you can't you can't even wind back the clock as much as you're trying to, as I said, in Florida. Um, <laughs> so. So, yeah. So I really love that the show does have elements of that as well. And talking about sort of the different, you know, coming out every day, like if you if you're in an office or if I go to a new set or you do or whatever, it's like, oh, my wife, my wife, my wife, like even that is coming out over and over again. Um, so I can't remember why I started talking about that, but it's perfect. Um, um, oh, older women. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I just think it would be fantastic and sexy and interesting. Um, and we're definitely looking to expand in that, in that respect as well, because we do want real diversity. Um, and we, we auditioned or interviewed, um, non-binary folks. Um, they weren't cast because they weren't in the appropriate age range for Amber, because obviously we're trying to keep things you know, they can't be too young because Amber's, you know, grown woman, like with her own business and everything like that. Um, and then I I directly approached two different trans women that I thought would be phenomenal. And they were both had interest and were glad that the show was being created. Um, but they both had safety concerns. Sure. Um, because obviously they they don't know how they're going to be represented. And then anyone can see them. They're identified like, yeah. you know, it doesn't necessarily um, in today's climate they didn't feel comfortable, uh, which I completely understand. And I hope it's at some point that evolves. Um, but yeah, I think kind of the over 40s, over 50s. I mean, they're fun. They're hot. They're doing their thing. So you hot. Know? So. so hot. It might shock you to hear this, but I have never been to Dinah Shore. And I have never been to like Girls in Wonderland. And I am terrified to go to said festivals. So I get being terrified because I was definitely terrified the first time. Um, but now that we're, you know, uh, minor elders, it's it's a blast, honestly. Like, it's so much fun. And it's very, I find, uh, well, because it's also, it's LA versus Florida, right? So I find that Dinah is like a little cooler, like people are being a little cooler, um, which I found really stressful and intimidating when I was younger. And now I just don't even participate because I'm like, I know I'm not cool. It's fine. And then Girls, Girls in Wonderland is sort of a little freer and a little less Los Angeles, you know, a little less Californian. Um, but both cases, it's that utopia you're talking about. I mean, minus the babies, it's just a whole ton of women like in the pools, into this, like people come back, like, 
that you'll have couples that met there like 10 years ago and then they come back every year. You have couples that are well into their 40s and 50s and they come every year. You have the singles like there's a lot more age diversity than you would expect. There really is. So it just seems this might be the time. This might be the time. Well, so you've gone from like model you're all these well i guess you're not modeling anymore but to me you're model actor host i started eating food you know god piercer i know are you still piercing yes yes and now you and ruby have higher tattoo in la st peter's florida you're going to these festivals tattooing and piercing people really making a stamp so to speak, on these people's uh-huh. lives. <laughs> um, but that must be fun. Like, do you know what I mean? I think, you know, you, because didn't you start going to Dinah when you first moved here and you probably did like the white party carpet, like Celestian? Yeah, I did appearances. Like that's yeah, literally exactly. how I went. Like the first time I went was for a perfect ending. And after that, uh, I was on True Blood. So like I was at all of the different things. So yeah, I was doing appearances. And yeah, I kind of love how much it's evolved because now I'm there and I'm working it in a different capacity. And and uh, now all the people making appearances are all influencers and stuff. That's my whole um, point. That's why I don't want to yeah. go. But also, I don't mean to be like, I mean, this is very my brand, but I'm not going to go. I want to go and make sure I don't have to like stand in a line of any kind. I'm old. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of ornery about this kind of shit. I also feel like I've been I, doing this for so fucking long. I'm like, I'm not going in a line. Like, you have to have, I have to be in an area with a seat, you know? I, I'm a- you're literally like, it's my love language. Like, I just, and, and, and sometimes I try and check myself because I'm like, wait, are you being a diva right now? And I probably am. But the reality is, like, you know, I, I, grew up essentially as a fashion model and then moved into all the other things you're talking about. And so, yeah, like lines, like standing. No, well, see, Jessica, this, I'm not going to stand. I want to look really cute and be walked in and then be sat down somewhere nice and, you know, where I don't have to work too hard to to get a beverage. So I agree with you 100,000%. The good thing is, though, that, um, well, you're Liz Cully of Cool, Cool, Cool. So you would probably get... No! Um, the talent anyway no you know? no um, i'm telling you mariah the, it has been so weird dinah i will not go unless i'm totally taken care of and mm. it hasn't really worked out and but i i feel like i should see it it's like mount rushmore i don't know how interested i am in it but i feel like once i get there i'm gonna be like wow this is pretty fucking impressive or like you know, Yosemite. Well, well, that's a bad example. Yosemite's pretty fantastic. But you know what I mean? I was mean? gonna say, I don't know if it's Yosemite. Mount like, Rushmore feels it. strong. Where I'm like, mm, I don't know if this is my thing, but I can appreciate it. I see all the work that went into this. Oh, and yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. You know? may, yeah, I from a business perspective, I mean, I know Allison and Yessie from uh, Girls in Wonderland quite well now because you know, I've sort of grown up going to their events and now now we work it with high art tattoo. Um, so I definitely, definitely respect that. But listen, the beauty of Dinah is that it's in the middle of Palm Springs. So like a lot of a lot of the more grown folks, like they'll rent like a fabulous Airbnb with their own pool. I mean, we've done it with our own pool and beautiful like open plan and everything like that. And then we just go to the parties that we feel like going to, you know, and then if I want to leave after an hour and a half because I'm, you know, 
overstimulated and everything, then I could just go back and Fair get in the pool. You know, it kind of takes the pressure off. It kind of, and you know, and then there's just like tons of lesbians walking around Palm Springs joining in with the gay guys. You know, it's fun. Okay, it's fun. all right. I mean, you're, I definitely, yeah, I, get I don't it. wild out anymore or anything, but it's it's fun. Okay, I I hear you on that. All right, uh, you're breaking me. I if, would if go we, if, if there we was get a, crew. a big Airbnb. Call me. I was gonna say if we do end up getting a big Airbnb, I'll call you. Call me. I'm a, I'm yeah. a fun time for like a day, you know, and then I can yeah, just drive home. You know, that's, that's cool. It. I'm not even fun for a day. You got me for a couple of hours maximum. Fair enough. Fair enough. Listen, you know, <laughs> I don't know how that 24 hours breaks itself out, but it but it will. What? Um. So um, you guys independently self-produce. Like, I love the fact that you can stream the show. Everybody can watch it. Obviously, there was a small little Netflix show that came out recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I met all of those contestants mm-hmm. before anybody else did. So it was kind of a strange mm-hmm. thing for me. What would you say to someone that's like, oh, well, like, okay, what am I going to get from your show that maybe I didn't get from some of these other kind of more recent queer dating shows? Like, what was the difference? Um, well, first of all, I there are differences, but I don't think there need to be dramatic differences, given that we consume heterosexual, heteronormative material 99% of the time of our lives. And Fair. no one really questions that. They're like, wait, uh, a dude is kissing a lady? Like, oh, I've seen it all before. Like, we don't. Like, it's just what we consume. <laughs> great. Um, so, great. Uh, so I would preface with that. I'm delighted that the Ultimatum Queer Love uh, did so well. I thought it was a fantastic concept. Um, I thought the cast was amazing. You know, I do think it's very fundamentally different. I think that, you know, it its structure was kind of couples and things like that versus being centered more around the traditional sort of lead and, and all the, the competitors as well. But I do believe quite strongly that there's no way that show would have got produced had it not been a spinoff of a pre-existing uh, yeah pre-existing heteronormative show that had already proven itself um i i don't i i just i don't um yeah. not, well listen i don't not with the because i thought they cast it really well i don't think that that would have flown i just absolutely don't and so listen with the self-producing it was it's nicole's baby and she wanted to you know queer content for queer people by queer people that's important to her as well which i know the netflix producers are but um so she really wanted an environment where you know we didn't have sort of rigid expectations that we had to fall into which i think can sometimes happen when it's you know produced by a big studio or a network um and then the fact that it was self-released i mean there was some interest like it's not like that we were like oh we we're gonna gung-ho release it like that like we definitely we were in talks with some networks and things at the time. And obviously, even more so now, there was a lot of restructuring going on at, at HBO Max and all of these things. And a lot of like F-Boy Island, they canceled, which I thought was a great dating show. Did you watch that one? No, I didn't watch it. F-Boy but I, Island. Yeah, no, but I kind of but I love that you on my show specifically, I, I talk. Obviously, I live and breathe the entertainment industry and have for many yeah. years. Always. And yeah. I, I, I know. Right. I love that you bring up the restructure, especially of Max, just what is now called Max, because I don't think people realize how one hard it is to make a show. So kudos to you guys 
in general. Two, how business-wise things get affected. My old show getting, do you remember mm-hmm. that show I had with the nail, getting nailed? I sold yeah, that yeah, show yeah. so many times. I sold that show like it lived on shelves all over Burbank. Like it was mm-hmm. everywhere and every restructure really changes things. And what I love is that it, Everything. Didn't, it didn't stop you guys and you kept going and you did release it. in Because what's so heartbreaking is when folks don't release content that gets made yeah. just because of those Absolutely. snags. So I'm really excited that you guys are giving queer content that's authentic and available to so many people. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. And I can't wait for season two. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait either. It was also so yeah, we were in talks all over and you sell the show and you restructure the pitches and all of that stuff that you say. Um, But also, and it's become more pertinent now with all the with the writer strike and the potential SAG strike and all of that, like the terms under which the show could have been picked up were not remotely advantageous to the people that had created it, devised it, raised the money, structured it, produced it and finished it. And so that was a choice as well, because to create the content and then then have a network reap the vast majority of the financial gain, you know, like we want to create content for for our queer community and for the wider community as well, because I think that, you know, love and sex and romance and intimacy and toxicity and all of this stuff, like it's fascinating for human beings. It's just fascinating with who we are. But there was very much a sense that we think we've created something really special and we're not necessarily prepared to turn it over and have it become somebody else's, um, which is, you know, often how it can go once it's pulled into a a different production structure. Um, And then, yeah, with season two, we actually have a lot of interest about um, filming it abroad. Um, There are some quite serious talks right now for season two. Yeah, so... So as what like and this show is great, like I'm not just saying it because because I'm part of it. The women are amazing. I mean, everyone's hot. Everyone's interesting. Like people are across the, the mass fam in between thing. We have a, a, char- a character. We have a woman, uh, Michelle, who is deaf, but who is queer, but also deaf. Um, and so we really kind of talk about that intersectionality and like how being in one small community and another small community and kind of how alienating that can be. Um, so it's a really great, thoughtful show, as well as having all the fluff and things like that. And I think it is proudly kind of serving as a kind of like a little bit of a calling card, a little bit of like, look, this is possible. And people do watch like people people are buying it because you yeah. stream it directly. If you go to comingoutforlove.com, you have several different package options. And the first one is 20 bucks. It's $19.99. You get access to the full show, like behind the scenes stuff, all of that. The show was not crowdfunded. So we're not double dipping. It wasn't like pulled from the from the queer community um, and then being sold back to them. Nicole raised that money completely privately, um, which is incredibly hard to do. Big time. Um, Big time, big time. So we just had a lot of freedom. And I think that that shows. And I think that's where the excitement of the potential of where it can go in the future is really building. And thank you to everyone who's watching and and writing and purchasing and people have been gifting it to their friends. And I, I love that. Thank you very much. I love it. Well, um, I wish I could be a contestant, but I can't because we're not Polly. But I 
can't wait to watch season two. Yay. I can't wait to produce it. (laughs) I love Jessica's take on my question about queer content. Yes, there needs to be and can be more than one lesbian reality dating show. I think the fandom for queer ultimatum only speaks to how much we are desperate for content like this. So I'm very excited to see who Amber ends up with on Coming Out for Love. And I love that it is available for all of you guys to download, which I think you should. I love all of the shitty heterosexual reality dating shows. Not all of them, but we all know I love Temptation Island. And I do now, I've really dived into 90 Day Fiance Caribbean, which has a couple of queer storylines that are ridiculous. Um, But I think we need more, and I think it's okay to have more. And I think if we diversify this content in a variety of ways, like for instance, I'm crossing my fingers that Coming Out for Love does cast a mature lesbian in season two. I think it can only bring us all together, have us all root for each other. And again, as we all know, representation matters. And it it brings people together. And I think right now, we could use a little bit of that. So uh, make sure you download the show and uh, keep in touch with uh, Jessica. 